welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. It's Tuesday. We're 24 hours away from a brand new episode of Season 37, Spies, Lies, and Allies, a continuation episode. And that means it's time for a super fast review preview, get us caught up and ready to go for tomorrow night's conclusion of the Big Brother blow-up saga. As always, there's going to be three sections to this podcast. First, a 90-second review of everything that happened in last week's episode. Then, a discussion of anything that went down on Aftermath or in the between time from last week's episode to today. And finally, some predictions and thoughts heading into tomorrow night's episode 7. And again, that conclusion, finally, at long last, to the Big Brother breakup. Heads up that these episodes are usually around 15 minutes or so. That's the goal, at least. Um, doesn't always doesn't always happen. Some of them have been shorter, though, to my credit. But today's may be a tad longer because I've got one subject that's going to come up that I really need to get some feelings off of my chest on. So expect a few extra minutes on this one. But with that, let's go ahead and get started with that 90-second recap. All right, let's recap everything that happened last week, last Wednesday night. It was a long time ago now, so let's quickly review every single thing that happened as quickly as we can, 90 seconds or less, and we're on an absolute hot streak right now with this segment. We have done this in 90 seconds or less, one time in a row, which is the most in a row we've ever accomplished. So going for a record here, uh, twice in a row, can we do it? We shall see. Let's put 90 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, here we go. New relationships are everywhere in the house. Logan and Ed are buddies now. Big T and Huey are buddies now. CT is mentoring Emmy, who she calls his uncle, her uncle. Josh and Esther, they are now friends. Then wait, hold up, now Josh and Esther are more than friends. They're making out in the bedroom while everyone else watches Casey take Nani on the cutest of first dates. We have a daily challenge that sees the challengers strapped to the top of drift cars where they decode a four-digit combo to open a lock, stop their time. Casey and Emmanuel smoke the competition and gain the power. They are the agency. Back in the house, rookies think it's all them. Again, Huey and Emmy are resigned to being the house vote. Jeremiah thinks he's going to be the guy picked. All the rookies are given up. But they go to the bar. And at the bar, since she doesn't think she'll have any more chances to do so, Emmy performs her new hit single, Alien, available on all streaming platforms. Go give it a listen for the whole cast. And everyone has a great time. Post-bar, however, things turn heated after someone eats Amber's pizza, which leads to Tori and Corey seeing an opportunity, blaming the missing pizza on Fessy to start a fight between Amber and Fessy, which it does. Tori and Corey then bring Josh into the room, which he obliges, and eventually Esther throws a drink on Amber. Fessy puts a hand on Josh's face, and we are left with a cliffhanger, not knowing if either of them will be kicked off the show. Wow, two in a row. That's everything that happened that matters, really, last week, and we haven't even hit the 90 seconds yet. So, well done to me. Two in a row. We'll see if we can keep that streak continuing now that we've got a group. But that's everything that happened. So that gets your mind back framed on the episode we just watched. To be fair, it was only 60 minutes, not 90 minutes. A little bit less to work through with that cliffhanger ending. So we'll see if next this week, if it is a 90-minute episode again, which... Uh, I have not checked what the, the TV schedule to see if it's 60 or 90 minutes. Hopefully, we're back to the 90 minutes, and it was only because of the cliffhanger. We shall see. But that's everything that happened. Let's then move into now the between time and talk about Aftermath 
and anything else that happened out on the Instagrams, the social medias, the podcast circuit, anything that pertains to this season of the show that happened in the between time. Let's discuss that now. On to the between time. So first up is Aftermath. And as always, our disclaimer with this, if you're not watching Aftermath and you're a fan of the challenge, you should be watching Aftermath. So uh, this is, if you didn't catch it, we'll run through it. If you did, we'll talk about some of the things that happened on it, but you should be watching yourself. It's available on YouTube on the MTV's uh, channel or the challenge channel on YouTube. If you type in challenge aftermath, you'll find it on YouTube one way or the other, whoever's posting it. Um, but Devin does a great job hosting. And again, as I've said every week so far this season, they've really kind of gotten a good format for the after show. Um, and it really works And this episode actually was probably the one that didn't work um, the most of all of them and at no fault of their own just because with this cliffhanger episode there's no elimination or votes to reveal and talk about or you know the big thing that happened in the episode we haven't seen the conclusion of so it left everyone there which the cast uh, or the the people there for this episode of aftermath were Nani, Casey, Josh, Amber and then uh, Esther and Emmy calling in from across the pond and you know Everything they wanted to talk about, they couldn't really talk about because we haven't seen the conclusion or the the after effects of this little fight that went down. And so that left a little bit less to work with for this episode of Aftermath. So it was a little shorter, um, but was still entertaining. A couple notes from it. Uh, the first one isn't just a note for Aftermath, but it's a note for the whole challenge, the cast, the the show itself, and the community around it, the media sphere around it, the other people like me talking about it on a podcast or posting on their Instagrams about it, anything like that. Uh, note for everyone in the challenge community. Let's not call it Pizzagate, shall we? There was a uh, uh, an event that happened a few years ago where a gentleman took some weaponry into a pizza parlor in, I believe, Washington, D.C., and there was this big, big thing that went down, and we called it Pizzagate, and it was dangerous and scary, and I am not the, you know, sensitivity police by any means. Um, This is not stuff that normally uh, would bother me in any way, but for the sake of the show and people on social media or on the internet, you know, typing in Pizzagate or talking about it in reference to this show, um, you're going to get a lot of stuff that pops up about this really dumb, horrible thing that happened in the political cultural world a few years ago. So let's not associate the show with things of that nature, shall we? Let's maybe come up with a different name, get a little bit more creative than everyone that just puts gate on the end of a word and calls it, you know, that. Um, So this was the Big Brother fight in my my estimation, and that's what we're going to call it. And I think everyone in the challenge world should do so as well. So that was just one little thing. Um, the other thing is, again, they couldn't really on Aftermath talk about a lot of what happened. Uh, the main two notes I even had about it, one is Josh, just same old script as always, happens two to three times a season at this point with him of when asked, you know, what happened? Do you, how do you feel about this fight afterwards? He says, I shouldn't have done it. My emotions got the best of me. I regret it. And I love everyone. And that's, that's Josh's. You could just read, you could play the same clip every time, two to three times a season for the last three to four seasons that he's been on basically of someone gets Josh worked up. Someone gets him riled up. Someone puts him in a position to let his emotions get the best of him. He yells, he barks, he gets held back by security. And then you could just play the exact same clip of him saying, you know, my emotions got the best of me. I'm sorry. I love this person. 
and boom, you're done. Um, getting a little old at this point. All I could think about the whole time I was watching him explain how he, you know, kind of regrets a little bit of how this all went down is last season on Double Agents when he went to CT to tell CT Casey was crying in the kitchen when Casey was very much not crying in the kitchen, nor was Casey really even upset almost at all. Her and her and when her and uh, CT argued over who got to cook their eggs or pizza or whatever it was, they were trying to cook that time first. Um, so the note to everyone is, uh, everyone's on edge when making drunk food after the bar. Um, and note number two is that just challenge producers save this footage. You don't even need to have Josh film it. If he's on next season, you can just bet you can just clip this out, change the background, maybe CGI a different shirt on him or something, and you're good to go. Um, other note, uh, the, the main note, my main thing coming out of aftermath, the number one thing that I noticed was that. They did get to get to the bottom of, Esther, you threw a drink on Amber. Why'd you do that? And same as she claimed within the show itself, she then claims again on Aftermath of Amber's a liar. And that's, you know, everyone, the emotions were high. And I thought she was lying yet again about all of this stuff. And I threw a drink on her. Um, And Amber then, you know, and, and Devin, the host, called me say, you know, what was she lying about? And Esther, very just, you know, cold, calm, collected, same thing she does on the show, says, again, Amber knew she was going in. Everyone knew Amber was going in. We talked to a ton of people about it. All the vets were good with it. Josh was talked about. We talked to Josh about it multiple times the day of. Everyone knew. And if Amber didn't know, like, it's kind of her own fault that, yes, Fessy and Esther did not go directly to Amber and say, we are voting you in. But everyone else knew. Josh, her partner, knew multiple times over. And if anyone's going to say anything to her, maybe Josh should have said something to her. So she, you know, boldly claims Amber knew and Amber's a liar and it was getting old listening to her talk about being blindsided when she wasn't. And Amber, when given a chance to defend this, kind of just diverts the conversation elsewhere instead, which is a telltale sign to me that there's some truth to what Esther's saying. There's probably some truth to Amber saying, you know, like, you know, the two of you that voted me in never came and told me. But it sounds like if she truly was completely taken off guard and had no idea that she was getting voted in, then, uh, you know, she's only done a season and a half. So maybe she isn't picking up on how this game works at all. But I don't know how that's possible because she won in last season and she's good at the game. So, uh, yeah. So I'm kind of team Esther there. And it kind of makes a little more sense. The more she says this and the the more Amber doesn't really try to defend it, it makes a lot more sense why we saw in the last episode a lot of the other people in the house saying, you know, we're tired of Amber talking about being blindsided. It's getting a little annoying. It's kind of coming off as fake. Um, this, that, and the other, and why so many people maybe are souring on her in the house. Um, so that was kind of the most noteworthy thing in things of Aftermath. Again, no votes to reveal, no elimination to talk about. They couldn't really get that in-depth into you know what happened with this fight since we don't know the end of what happens with it. So expecting a great episode of Aftermath next week or tomorrow night whenever they are able to actually talk about all these things. So let's move to the between time then. And there's one kind of big thing to talk about it from the between time. We'll start with all the smaller stuff first and end with that big one. The, some of the smaller stuff. One uh, from Instagram this week, a bunch of the cast members were in New York and I, it wasn't clear. At first, I thought maybe they're filming the reunion, but then 
find out later the reunion is going to be filmed uh, back across uh, the pond. I forget in Amsterdam or somewhere, um, somewhere not here, not New York. Um, so they were all there maybe to film more aftermath, not exactly sure, or just all to hang out. But regardless, Fessy and Josh were hanging out and they did little Instagram videos as they were sitting, eating some pizza together where they both apologized to each other. They let everyone know they're besties again. No harm done. So if you were worried, I'm sure you weren't. But if you were, those two are back together again. The other part that came out of this, that same day or night or trip or whatever, is that a bunch of them were having dinner together and Amanda and Josh were sitting across from each other. And I don't know who they had filming it, but very clearly Josh was like, hey, film this real quick. And decided to tell Amanda that, hey, I love you. I love Fessy, but don't ever put me in the middle of your bullshit. Don't ever like put my name on blast as a part of whatever you guys got you going on, blah, blah, blah. And as you would expect, uh, when Josh and Amanda are pitted against each other in a slight war of words and there's a camera rolling, guess who came out of that looking good and who came out of it not looking good? Amanda just roasts him right back, is hilarious, um, clearly realizes, oh, you're trying to film this right now, you're trying to put this on, out on Instagram right now, that you're reading this to me, well, let me come right back at you and make you look like a bitch and me look like the amazing, telegenic person that I am. Um, so that was a whole funny moment and just another sign of, yes, Amanda and... Fessy are dating, um, and some of them, people around them, have certain feelings about those two dating. Anyways, we then also learned, we got a little clip from, I don't know, I didn't actually dive deep enough, I don't know if it was straight off of like Teen Mom, which I know is whatever, all the different versions and seasons of Teen Mom, a bunch of them are always airing, but one of them, Cheyenne, is on, former challenger Cheyenne, uh, mother to Ryder uh, with Corey, Corey Wharton from The Challenge here. And so Corey makes some appearances on the show. And I don't know if it was from from the show itself or just came off Instagram or where it was. I think it was must have been from the actual show. Um, but Corey and Cheyenne are having a discussion about Corey's schedule. And Cheyenne completely reads the guy, the riot act, about always being gone. He you know, is going to miss Ryder's upcoming birthday. He's always off filming or then going on vacation for himself. He's going, got a like week long birthday vacation planned up, whatever. It's a whole long thing. It, honestly, we love Corey to death. Um, and we do know like Corey loves his kid, um, kids and is, is a great dad. Um, and so no comments on, you know, who's doing what in it other than the only comment that comes out of it is it does make us a little concerned that, you know, Corey seems very, very committed in it. His like main thing is, you know, I don't make the schedule for the challenge, but like I go, if they call, I'm going, if they need a reunion, I'm going this, that, and the other. And just kind of makes us realize both for Corey and others uh, that have children on the show is it is definitely a big deal that they're doing this. It's a huge time away and not just away, but the no phones, no computers, no nothing. Like it's a time away from your family and loved ones that you're also not communicating with them at all. Um, and so kind of made me wonder like, is Corey going to be on more seasons? Is he going to, he's going to need to start taking, you know, do a season, sit out a season, whatnot. Um, and just for him and everyone else to just kind of put that into perspective of, Oh, damn. Yeah. Like if you're someone like Corey, who's done, you know, season after season after season and a bunch of them in a row, 
you're kind of never home between the couple months of filming the actual show if you're making deep runs like he has been doing lately and then going again to film reunions or aftermath or then going to do you know the promo events things like that um it's a very busy schedule so hopefully you know for our standpoint I, i like having Corey on the show i would like to see him continue to be on the show but also for his kid's standpoint and in, in his, uh, you know, parent partner standpoint, totally get it. So that was interesting. Look kind of, you know, behind the challengers a little bit via a different MTV program. Um, speaking of fathers, Kyle's a dad. I don't remember exactly when it happened, if we were able to mention it on last week's pod since we were recording that pod late. I think we might have mentioned it, but if we didn't, and even if we did, it deserves to be mentioned again. Kyle's a dad. Um, and that is amazing. So congrats to Kyle and Vicky. They had a healthy little boy named Crew. So we got another dad in the house, and I'm very excited for Kyle to kind of steal some of Corey's thunder and kind of joke about him being the dad there and, you know, the new dad, not CT or Corey or anyone else. So very much looking forward to that. And then a few other small notes before we get to the one bigger one. Uh, there was another round of celebrity boxing announced featuring some MTV personalities, chief among them. The one that's kind of the headline one so far right now is that we're going to get Ed Eason, Ed from this season of the challenge and previously of the circle that we love, favorite rookie Ed versus Polly coming back into our lives. Hasn't been on for a few seasons and which is a whole thing that, we can talk about it at another point, but Polly versus Ed was kind of the headline of this next crop of boxing matches. We got to see all the Big Brother folks fight a few months back or a month or so back, and now we're going to get to see Polly versus Ed sometime in the near future. Looking forward to that. We also had Cyrus's OG challenge legend Cyrus had his 50th birthday party, joint birthday party with Ruthie, and the party itself looked like an absolute banger. It was kind of a little challenge uh, challenge get together where fans were allowed to buy some tickets. And I was super sad. Uh, wasn't able to make a last minute trip out to Los Angeles to be a part of this, but it looked like a banger. There was a bunch of people there. There was a bunch of Instagram going on, um, from different people hanging out a little like champs photo with Amber and Cyrus and bananas, bananas and Polly took a photo together, which you never thought you'd see those two on, at least when they were back on the show together, weren't exactly the best of friends, but, um, Cyrus continues to put on some amazing events, challenge theme, challenge cast infused events. If you want to be seeing more of that or want the chance to maybe go to one in the future, because again, they're at tickets for fans to come to this. They're a little bit like kind of meet and greet, kind of big events for people from the show and the reality TV community to come together. Make sure you're following Cyrus on Instagram at Cyrus MTV or at the challenge events um, which is specifically where he posts about the events that he's doing to know more about those in the future. Assuming there is another one in the near future and tickets are made available again, you can mark it down. I will be there. I am not going to miss another one of these if they make it open to the public or a way to buy your way in. I'm definitely going to have to hit up one of these because they look amazing. Now, finally, to the one, the biggest thing from the between time, um, and that was The uh, Bananas Podcast. Johnny Bananas has a podcast this season recapping, to a degree, recapping the show. And Fessy was on it this this week, which I was very, once I saw that, I was very much looking forward to hearing the two of them talk about the game together and also just to kind of get, see where Fessy's at with this cliffhanger that we got. And, um, you know, this is not a spoiler necessarily. This is me reading the tea leaves of this interview completely, but... 
uh, as we're going to talk about in our predictions here in a moment, Fessy's going home. Uh, it very much, you know, he wasn't, you know, can't say that outright in any way right now, but uh, it very much seemed like this was the end of the line for him this season, and that that shove to the face was probably him getting kicked off the show. So we will see on that, but if, you know, I was kind of 50-50 which way it was going to go, and this, his whole vibe on this interview made me kind of lean more like 75-25, like I think he's going home. Um, but other kind of noteworthy things from the interview. One, um, they kind of pair together. Uh, first, Fessy does a great job of kind of defending himself on it. As you know, we are, you know, uh, up for vote on the leader of the Fessy fan club over here. We love this guy. We've come all the way full circle on him. And I think Fessy is an absolute asset to this show, to the Challenge franchise, and does is just an amazing character and really fun to have on the show and in the challenge world. I am one of few in that world. A lot of people do not, most people do not feel the same way, certainly. And that was brought up on this podcast and he got a chance to defend himself. And I thought he did so pretty adequately on just kind of reading through a lot of what I'm about to say about him and about the show in general of, you know, whatever everyone's asking for, he's providing um, in spades. And whether you want to root against him or for him, he is being is making good television. And uh, he has all the mistakes that he's made. Um, you know, him and Bananas talk in depth a little bit about his strategy and like, you know, if he, he kind of has the idea of the game down, but is maybe making moves at the wrong time, all things, you know, I agreed with whatever, but Fessy defends himself well. It's an interesting and fun interview between them um, that you should definitely check out if you want to hear that. But the one thing that came out of it that kind of made news outside of the interview itself was Bananas became the latest high-profile person to, and I believe his words that he used were for the current episodes were unwatchable or unbearable, and that he can't, you know, he barely, there's not much to talk about with them and uh, that, you know, that's not very good certain right now. And he's the latest in a line of people that have said that, both um, some cast members, former cast members have said things to that effect um, and but then also just a lot of the big personalities on out on Instagram in the challenge media sphere, folks like myself, much with much bigger followings than myself. Um, some of the biggest name, you know, fan accounts and podcasts and different things that are out there. The sentiment, the growing sentiment right now, uh, kind of across the board, is that the season's not very good and the show is struggling and they kind of let this whole, like, the ratings dipped really, really low the first couple episodes and it's just turned into this big narrative that the show sucks and the show's going downhill and it's not savable and it's unwatchable and it's all this stuff. And we've got to stop. And again, I say we because uh, I consider myself part of it, even if also acknowledging I'm a very, very small part of it for the time being. And I am mostly referencing people, both the bananas of the world, who are the goats of the show, cast members themselves, and the kind of OG media sphere of fan accounts and podcasts and things of that nature that kind of run the discourse online, in the social media, on Reddit, um, everywhere out there, the challenge universe, kind of run the story, the narratives of the challenge universe. And we got to stop. It's unbelievable. I don't know what it drives me insane that everyone that claims to love this show and love, you know, everything about it, those people that have been put on by this show and given careers and amazing lives because of the show are going to sit here and just trash this thing over and over and over. And then 
it seems everything that is asked for, every time someone trashes it, they say, you know, I miss this about the old show. I miss this and I miss, you know, I want, I want, you know, what it used to be, this, that, and the other. And I've got a few comments on that. One, the show that existed in 2010 will never exist again. The, the days of the Inferno gauntlet era, I, I kind of called, you know, the heyday of the challenge, like the true, true heyday, I kind of put as really um, seasons about like, Eight to twenty ish, uh, where Cutthroat was kind of the cutoff around season twenty, and maybe that first Gauntlet season, season seven, really the first season of the Gauntlet. That was kind of the heyday of the show, and that version of the show is never coming back because it can't. It is not a challenge thing; it is a reality TV thing, and it is an, a world thing, an internet thing. Um, that just we have social media now, we have the internet now, and the people coming on this show are going to have much different incentives, much different goals, and none of that's going to change. And they're also going to act a lot different. Gone are the days, for better and worse, it should be say, for better because some of the shit that went down in the early seasons because people weren't that worried about being on TV or what would happen after the cameras start rolling, they went back into their real lives or trying to be social media stars or anything like that. There's some lot of bad shit that went down, very well documented bad shit, and that's thankfully gone. There was also a lot of really good, enjoyable, fun things that happened because of the different atmosphere and the different world we lived in as far as what these cast members' goals were and you know what the show was trying to get out, what type of television show they were trying to produce. It can't happen again. It can't come back. Every single reality television show, every single competition show... Every single person and thing in the world has had to deal with the change of the technology and the social media and everything that we have now. So that version isn't 100% ever coming back is one. And we shouldn't be holding these people to that standard. We should just celebrate uh, the moments that we love from those old school seasons and hope to get some version of them in the future, whatever version is capable. But the other thing is, when people ask, you know, I wish I miss the the kind of it being messy. I miss the romances. I miss the, you know, the fights. I miss the whatever it is. Everything that's kind of asked for of like, I miss when this happened back on the show. Like, we don't get that anymore. It kind of happens still now. It's just now the people doing it aren't people that you either don't like or don't choose to just have decided you don't like and are not willing to, which brings me back to my, when Fessy defends himself, I the reason I've come around so much on a Fessy is, well, everyone says they want to see more like, if you want to see the sloppy romances, guess what? Fessy's giving you sloppy romances. You want to see people get in fights? Fessy's doing that. You want to see people have bad strategy and make kind of fools of themselves on camera? Vessi's doing that. You want to see someone take someone's head off and be a physical beast in some of the challenges or eliminations? He's doing that. So, uh, and that pertains not just to him, but to the whole show in general. There's certainly some current cast members who I personally can't stand. And I will definitely say with this whole thing, I'm not asking for everyone out there to be over the top positive. I know that I keep things on this show, you know, really, really positive, And I definitely don't always even let it be known when I'm not liking something or kind of don't go at certain cast members as much as maybe my true feelings on them are. I kind of leave that to the side. I keep my program a very, very positive spin on. I'm not asking for everyone to do that. What I'm asking for is a fair representation. And uh, well, yes, critique. Yes, uh, let it be known what you like and don't like, but can you let it be known what you like a little bit too? And just this whole idea that the whole narrative right now is that the show sucks and it's unwatchable. 
one is just not true. It is uh, I, per, I personally think this is legitimately a solid season. It's better, um, it's on par or maybe probably better right now than where Double Agents was, and I think it's going to end up being a lot better than Double Agents. Um, certainly better than Total Madness, which was the one time where they really, really missed uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. We can talk about that another time. But just this whole narrative that everything sucks and it's unwatchable, whatever, like, if that's how you feel, if you're 100% that is what this is, then stop talking about the show. Then then do a favor to the show. You, If you don't love it anymore, you claim to love for a long, long time, and give it a chance to still breathe and to grow and to change and to be whatever it is. And if you're not a fan of what the new version of it is or anything like that, then just simply move on. Because having every big name and every big media person and every big fan account, everything trash and trash and trash the show doesn't help the show ever get back to whatever you want it to be and doesn't help the show continue in any way. So um, that's some very sporadic thoughts on that. I think this season is good. I think a lot of the cast members are doing a great job. There's a couple in particular that I think need to get removed from the show and could help a lot of some concerns of people, but I don't always think that it's the exact cast members we're thinking of to go slightly further on that like again i think fessy's awesome i think if you did a season where you remove casey and josh and only have fessy people would feel a lot different about it i think josh and casey need to go um mostly casey is just is just not giving us a ton on the television show side I mean, this first date she the date her nani went on was maybe the best tv moment um, that she's had but she's just kind of so quiet in the background and just kicks everyone's ass in the physical side um and if that's what a majority of the audience is looking for more of the show over the sport and you're only bringing it in the sport side um you know maybe maybe cycle her out for a season or two but it's a combination thing as much as it's a casting and if Fessy was there without Josh or Casey, I think he'd be viewed differently and would also have to act differently within the house if it wasn't this big brother thing that's kind of making everyone upset and nauseating over the top. Great, but the show needs new people, which they got a ton of awesome new people this season, and that's going to have to happen. You know, we had to have Fresh Meat 1 and 2 to get some of the Caras and the Laurels of the world introduced to the show. Um, and we have to have seasons like this with a ton of new faces to get us those couple new faces that pop and become, you know, five to ten season long, you know, challenge superstars, challenge legends, challenge all stars. So that's that for now. We'll talk much more about this as the season goes on. Should be noted, the ratings have ticked back up. Last week's episode was the highest of the season and back a little bit more on par with the last two or three seasons. So that was good to see. Hopefully it continues to go up. That's all my feelings on that. Sorry that that went really long. We will quickly get through our predictions and preview and move on out into tomorrow night's episode. All right, so quick update on our predictions. As as we know by now, every Tuesday we make episodes. I cannot talk, man. Must have ranted too long there on that last segment. But make episode-specific predictions for the following night. We make three a week. We keep track of our total through the whole season. Now, last week, uh, we have an interesting judging that has to happen because we made three predictions for last week's episode. One of them was our first vet goes home via elimination. Second one was Tori is chosen as a new partner. Third one is Huey and Emmy can't stand each other and hate being partners. Now, Technically, we were one for three because a, first, a vet did not go home via elimination and Tori was not chosen as a new partner. However, we're giving ourselves 
a to-be-determined, a continuation on both of those because we did not know that we were going to have an episode without an elimination, without a vote, without any of that, that we are going to get a 60-minute cliffhanger episode. And so mainly to keep my numbers looking good, let's be honest here, totally selfish, but also I think a fair choice. We're going to go ahead and just move those two predictions. They continue. Those were predictions for the last episode, yes, but really they were predictions for the next elimination, which we thought was in last week's episode and wasn't. So since it will be tomorrow night, we assume we're going to get to the elimination tomorrow night. Um, there, we're going to keep those predictions going. And so we went one for one last week. And Huey and Emmy, they can't stand each other. They desperately want new partners made evident over and over and over. So we hit that one. So we went one for one last week. We're pushing the other two off to be a part of this week. So, so far on the season, we are now six and a half out of 13, right at 50% success rate. So trying to climb above that 50% mark with this week. So our predictions for this week, three of them, two of them, the carryovers. Our first vet goes home via elimination. That is number one. That elimination is going to be Hall Brawl, which we know from the next week on, and we are very, very excited. Please, as we said on our recap of last week's episode, don't send Fessy home. Send him into the hall. Make him and Josh do a hall brawl versus each other. Somehow, some way, make that be the outcome of all of this. But either way, we're going to get a hall brawl. That's exciting. Our first vet goes home via elimination is prediction number one. Tori is chosen as a new partner, prediction number two. And then our third one and final one we referenced earlier, but... It only seems right to make a firm prediction on whether or not Fessy will go home. And our prediction is Fessy is going to be sent home for his, air quotes, punch of Josh, which was not really a punch, but is what they will label it. Can't put hands on each other. And uh, while it has been a little wishy-washy over what gets you sent home and what doesn't get you sent home in the past, more recently we've seen some just shoves to the chest get some people sent home, you know, uh, the one I'm thinking of really is Nelson and Derek. I think that was on Dirty 30. We're just out of nowhere. Nelson just decides to get upset with Derek, who's standing outside in the bedrooms, and gives him a huge shove to the chest, like knocks him down. Um, he gets sent home for that. So I think Fessy's sent home. That's prediction number three. So first vet goes home via elimination. Tori is chosen as a new partner, and Fessy is sent home for his hand to the face of Josh. Those are three predictions. We'll see if we can climb above, above 500 in... Only other comments looking forward to the episode tomorrow is please let it be back to 90 minutes. Uh, you know, make the resolution of this fight get soon. Give us an awesome, dope hall brawl. Let's 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 get a really good, fun matchup in the hall. Guy, girl, whoever it is, let's get a kind of equal and fun matchup in there. And just hoping for an awesome episode. Hoping the ratings continue to tick back up and hoping that everyone out there can appreciate what we have because this is a good season. There's a lot of good people on this season. There's a lot of promise for the season to continue to get better as it goes on, which usually these things tail off the, as more people get sent home. The closer we get to a final, the more game-specific it gets. I think this one actually has a way that the game can get really fascinating and interesting and leave us with all, all of the characters that we're most enjoying left at the end. So hoping for a great one. Thanks for sticking it out with me on this elongated episode review preview. We're looking forward to episode seven. We will be back late tomorrow night after the show to recap the episode, talk about everything that goes down, talk about the hall brawl, talk about if Fessy got sent home or not. I guess if Esther gets sent home or not, which please don't send her home too, and everything else. So we'll see you tomorrow night. Until then, peace.